The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much. Maybe it's just you're not enough for me Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story from San Francisco's high-kickinest hillbilly drag queen, Jubilee. What's new in your world? I actually would really like to know. You know how I love it when you send me a voice memo or an email, so just putting that out there. I hope life's been good to you since we last spoke. I'm enrolled in an AI class. I'm trying to learn how to use artificial intelligence to improve my business and get more done. But of course, I'm a pervert. So the class I'm taking is called Sex Geek Implementation Booty Camp. It's a 10-week course. Remember, I went to Sex Geek Summer Camp earlier this summer, and I really liked the people that I connected with. So we're all working together to learn how to use AI, and we get together every week on Zoom. And take on a new challenge, the things you never get done in your business, you know. So the very first class, I'm excited. There's this long list of things that we are supposed to be doing. But right off the bat, they go, okay, great, we are going to start with AI. And I'm a little reluctant to learn AI. I know I need it. I know it's the future. But I like people. I connect with people. So as we're learning how to do this, the instructor, Kathy, is like, okay, please remember, AI does not know the answer to everything. So you might want to make it personalized for you. We create accounts in ChatGPT. And as we're setting it up, Kathy says, let's teach it your voice. So it will be less intimidating to you if you give it a name. Just let it know what the name is that you're going to call it. And that way it'll feel more personal as you write. And I'm sitting here in my office going, well, what am I going to call it? Well, what am I going to name it? And I look up on my shelf and there's Fisty the Muppet. The Muppet that was a custom Muppet of me given to me a few years ago on stage. And I type into ChatGPT, is it okay if I call you Fisty the Muppet? And ChatGPT comes right back with, sure, Fisty, how can I help you today? And I'm like, no, you're Fisty. I'm not Fisty. Not the best first note. It's getting better. I'm trying. And wouldn't it be great if I got more achieved? Because it's really frustrating to be the bottleneck for everything you want to accomplish in your life. So I'm trying. I do yell at my computer quite a lot, but I'm doing the work. And we'll see how that turns out. As you've heard me say over the last couple of months, I really want to take the show out on the road. 
I really want to get out and meet people in places that are not San Francisco. And so I have been contacting venues and trying to have conversations and finding out what the venue rates are and what's needed and everything. And, and today I feel really defeated about it. I had a conversation with a venue yesterday that someone had contacted me on Instagram and went, this would be a great place for you to do body. And when I had a conversation with the booking manager yesterday, it was like, here's the price of the room. We're a union house. You are going to have to hire six staff members who are union. So therefore they make $47 an hour, but be warned, they are, they are asking for a pay bump right now. So that may go up. So while the room rate to book the space was affordable, the six union employees meant that my cost tripled. So we'll not be going with that venue. And I'm getting a lot of that. A lot of the venues have tripled or quadrupled since the pandemic. So as much as I want to come to you, I can't do it unless I have a venue. So Wish me luck. If you happen to have connections at a venue that is not insanely expensive and they'd be open to having body in their space, please let me know. This works so well if people connect me. That's a warm lead versus me yelling at Fisty the Muppet, except it's the venue manager somewhere. So yeah, thanks in advance for that. Let's end the Dixie Ramble on a high note, okay? Last week, I went to a thing called the Big Fat Pool Party. I bought tickets for it. It was 50 miles away from my house. But it's summertime, and I really wanted some sunshine. And I wanted to feel good about my body and not wonder if the weight gain from the pandemic made me a pariah, you know? And the morning of the event, I just sat here and just kept stalling out. What if nobody likes me? What if I don't know anybody there? I did not know anybody there. What if it's very cliquish and I'm excluded? All the things you say to yourself that stop you from walking out the door. I've had people say to me, I can't believe you have that problem, but I do. If you haven't figured out I have imposter syndrome and shitty self-esteem yet, you have not been listening. But I did it. I drove all the way out there and pulled up in front of it. It was hot as shit. It was hot as shit and I walked in and it was 30 big bouncy bodies splashing around in a pool. Lots of pizza, lots of snacks. And I just took off my kimono, my beach covering, and I waded into the pool. And immediately, everybody made me feel like family. People started talking to me. One person recognized me and said, aren't you... Dixie, who does body storytelling, and everybody else went, what's that? So I I got a bunch of new podcast listeners, probably. But mostly, I just had a great time splashing around with people. There was a plus-size dance instructor who led us all in dances. It's a story on my Instagram, if you want to see it. And it was a very popular post, because who doesn't want to watch a bunch of big, beautiful people just owning their shit? I had the best time, and I was invited to, like, five or six more ongoing plus size events. Are we allowed to say plus size? I don't know what language we should use. I prefer to call myself fat. I was invited to a lot of fat events, like a weekly fat swim or the monthly dance party, which is called Big Thick Energy. All of them are in the East Bay, so they're not nearby, but it's worth it because 
I really felt like these were my people. And don't you need that in your life right now? People who make you feel like you are okay exactly as you are? I want so much more of that in my life, don't you? Want to smell better naked? Let's face it, your underarms aren't the only place you have odor. We've got a new podcast sponsor, and I'm really excited to tell you about Lume Whole Body Deodorant for pits, privates, and beyond. I've been using Lume for years because it makes me feel fresh and clean no matter what. And this week, I get to share a special offer with you. New customers get $5 off Lume's starter pack by using the promo code Dixie at lumedeodorant.com. Lume was created by an OBGYN who discovered and proved in clinical testing that the vagina is not to blame for day-to-day odor below the belt and that normal BO was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. So she developed Lume, a uniquely formulated pH-balanced deodorant. It's aluminum-free, skin-safe, and clinically proven to control odor for up to 72 hours. How? Unlike some deodorants that try to mask odor with a fragrance, Lume is formulated and powered by mandelic acid to stop odor before it starts. It's more like a pre-odorant. It's aluminum-free, baking soda-free, paraben-free, pH balanced for safe use below the belt, and there's a variety of fresh, bright scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or toasted coconut. Clean tangerine's my favorite, but honestly, I use them all, and they kept me fresh while I was camping in 100-degree heat this summer. It's the best for keeping your underboob or butt crack fresh. I use Lume everywhere, and truthfully, this stuff really is my favorite. It's a whole body deodorant, the first of its kind, and Lume is seriously safe to use anywhere on your body, from your armpits to your underboobs to your thigh folds to your belly button to your feet to your vulva, even your butt crack. As a special offer for body storytelling listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lume starter pack with code D-I-X-I-E at lumedeodorant.com. That's over 40% off your starter pack. Lume Starter Pack is perfect for new customers like you. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, and two free products of your choice, like their mini body wash and deodorant wipes, plus it includes free shipping. It's hot out there, but you can control body odor anywhere with Lume Deodorant. That's spelled L-U-M-E. And you'll get $5 off your starter pack at lumedeodorant.com. There's a link in the show notes. And remember, use promo code Dixie for $5 off. For the first time, I'm going to be teaching my workshop, How to Be Fascinating, Dixie's Secret System for Brilliant Storytelling. And I'm going to be doing it live and in person. The whole class will be taught in one full day, and it'll be hands-on. I'll answer every question you have about storytelling. Here's a review of my storytelling workshop from the infamous Supernova of Kink, Midori. Dixie's coaching is brilliant. Her unique method will totally boost your storytelling skills. Whether you're telling sexy tales of body storytelling, incorporating narrative into your corporate presentations, or just want to gain confidence in public speaking, take her class. It's one full day, Sunday, October 1st, and it'll be happening in Soma in San Francisco. There's a link in the show notes and spots are selling fast, so register now. I'm so excited about this week's storyteller. I was watching TV, and they were featuring Drag Queens on Ice, which happens at Union Square in San Francisco, on the local news. And as this gorgeous drag queen 
dressed in gingerbread, came scooching up to the camera and started speaking into the microphone. I saw the name underneath and realized that that gorgeous creature was Joe Wadlington, who is an award-winning writer and storyteller in the Bay Area. I immediately reached out to them, and luckily I got them to be on my stage earlier this year. I was over the moon, and when you hear this story, you'll know why. So let me tell you about this week's storyteller. Jubilee is the most creative, funniest, high-kickingest hillbilly drag queen in San Francisco. She's won titles such as Miss Cowgirl 2022 and Oaklash's Worst Dressed 2019. She starred in the critically acclaimed stage shows Harry Poofter and the Sorcerer's Rhinestone and Harry Poofter and the Chamber of Secretions. She also has a show called Happy Endings, which I appeared on earlier this year. It's a reading competition. Yes, reading off paper. I know I'm Southern and you think I can't read, but I did. And I won that night. I was so scared that before I got on Jubilee stage, I raced to the bathroom and threw up and read my story aloud off paper and won the competition. Jubilee is an excellent host. Go check out Happy Endings if you can. It's at the Makeout Room in San Francisco. And meanwhile, she is performing all over the city. So watch for her name. This storyteller is Jubilee. Hey, y'all. I am Jubilee. And I am a lily-dipping, dick-kissing, fairy-flipping gay boy. Y'all probably guessed that based on my minimal makeup. But I did not always know that. I did not always know. No, several life chapters ago, I was in Indiana being a fraternity president. (laughs) And I was focusing all of my closeted homosuppression energy into pouring shots and hunting pussy. It is not the favorite chapter of my life, but sometimes we got to go back to heal, right? So tonight I'm going to share with y'all five letters to the last few women I hooked up with before I figured myself out. Are you ready? Thank you. Allison. When I think about hooking up with you, I think about the wet grass that I crossed on the way to the freshman women's dorm. I think about the rickety twin bunk bed that was your friends that we defiled. But mostly I remember how surprised I was by your nipples. I, all the breasts I'd seen before then had looked exactly the same. Hollywood had lied to me. But now that I had passed this threshold of actually getting a bra off someone, I saw that your nipples were expressive. They had reach. And I, with enthusiasm, imagined a full life of pointy-titted ladies that would be at my beck and call. I'm sorry I fingered you so hard. The only genitalia I'd interacted with was my own dick, and you can really just wail at it. It is a simple machine. 
I was not yet accustomed to a more nuanced foyer. So I apologize for kind of like going in with like, here is the church, here is the steeple. Open the doors and bruise your cervix. But, but thank you for gently removing my hand and laughing in a way that let me know I was doing it wrong. But not necessarily wrong forever. Just wrong tonight. When I left you and recrossed that wet grass because the pledges were playing Death Cup in the informal and they needed a fourth, I remember holding my fingers aloft and being so surprised at how fleshy a smell could be and how much I liked the taste. Amber, you were a chain-smoking ballet major. And by this point, I had already seen enough women bobbing in my lap to no explosive end, despite their best efforts. So when I saw those long ballerina legs, I decided to flip the script. And I do not have to apologize for how I ate you out because you seemed to be loving it. Based on how you shoved my head deeper into yourself, based on how you yelled my name, as well as some other men's names that are not my name. (laughs) You were really enjoying it or enjoying all the free schnapps I'd given you. wanted to keep this pathway of free peach schnapps alive. Either way, your game was fair. But you were on your period, weren't you? That is what was all over my face when I went back to the party, isn't it? It's okay. It's fine. It's understandable even. And as a malnourished ballerina, you perioding on my face is really a celebration of life, of overcoming... But I did want to know. (sighs) Margaret, I was your freshman orientation guide. And I felt so guilty about exploiting the power dynamic that I had over you. But I still did it. Um, Because you hung around me like this beautiful little gnat and I I can't thank you enough for wanting me Um, I can't thank you enough for making that want so public when you told my fraternity brothers that you were looking for me and they delivered you to my room their sly smiles were the entire reason I owned boat shoes Unfortunately, I was completely geared, focused on straight men's approval instead of straight women's pleasure. But then when I finally got you naked on that pile of North Face jackets in the mailroom, you looked like a Raphaelite nude. Oh, with your sweaty red hair and that Wisconsin pale skin. Mm. I went down on you, and you loved it, until I, feeling a little cocky, summoned all the erotic energy I had right at you, and you squeaked out, I'm a virgin! As if that was ever going to be an issue in that night. 
I laughed and I was pleased and I, I, I held you, suddenly excited about the prospect of comforting you and letting you know that taking your virginity was not at risk um, because I um, respected you so much and um, we just got to know each other also and therefore um, I was your orientation guide and it would be so unprofessional. Mary, when I invited you to my room for Gatorade vodkas, <laughs> I knew it'd be empty. I knew we'd be alone. I figured we'd probably make out. I did not know that you would pin me to the wall, rip off my jacket and say, my boyfriend's gonna be pissed. And then you went down on me while we could hear your friends talking shit about you through the door, grabbing one of my fraternity brothers and saying, oh my God, Liz is in there. She's such a slut. She's probably cheating on her boyfriend. We need this door open. Unabashed, Liz, sucking and sucking. And then when my fraternity brother returned with the key to open the door, you did not get up from your dick-sucking squat. No, you kicked out laterally, slamming the door in your judgmental friends' faces. Previously, my fear of hooking up with women had been kind of a, a small shameful stone that dominated my life. But it was never me like fearing for my safety <laughs> until I met Mary. And she made me fear for my safety in a way that was, let me be clear, very hot. We made plans to meet the next week as soon as she'd broken up with her boyfriend. When Mary texted me, letting me know she was on the way, and I realized I would be losing my virginity tonight, I febrezed both futons. <laughs> I arranged my throw pillows, I drank two glasses of Southern Comfort, and I looked in the mirror like a net binning in American Beauty, and I said, I will lose my virginity tonight. Mary came in like a tornado. My clothes were gone. She was on her knees, generating more saliva than I thought was possible. <laughs> and doing some blowjob techniques that, uh, I'll tell you all now, I started employing like six months later. So, <laughs> Mary, thank you for that as well. <laughs> you know, when you do the thing with your esophagus, when you're all like, yeah, it's like, thing. Um, she was getting me hard and I was thinking this is working this is fun and then she looked at me and started calling me her ex's name which I gentlemanly ignored and then she kept going and looked at me and then asked me if I was gay and I pretended to be surprised at the question but I, I, it, it wasn't quite working. I was losing my erection, so I, we needed to flip the script. So I, I gently put her on her back, and I began fingering her semi-aggressively. I hadn't learned a lot. And <laughs> then she said to me, are you trying to get me pregnant? <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, I felt the sudden need for clarity. So I, I grabbed her gently by the face, and I said, Mary, 
I am not trying to get you pregnant, but I do think I need to leave because the magic had extinguished fully and I started getting dressed and she would reach across and rip down my Banana Republic shorts and say, no, I put on my polo, no, you think I'm a slut. Oh no. I told her, I, I didn't think I'm a slut, I, her, she's a slut. But the secret was, I did think she's a slut. I just didn't think that was a bad thing. But in this context, I knew that it was what she wanted to hear. So I said, you're not a slut. And she's like, I'm not a slut, stay and have sex with me. Again, I think you're misunderstanding the context. But I understand the spirit of what you're saying. I left Mary alone in my room to recover. I went to the basement to play off a few rounds of beer pong, and she appeared, fully dressed, grinding against all my fraternity brothers and looking at me with one eye, letting me know I could have had all that. I realized it was not a good thing for me to be in that room. I, I needed to leave, so I went to a different part of the frat house only to about an hour later have one of her bepearled sorority sisters run in and say, Mary's in the woods! And we all looked out the back plate glass door just in time to see her nakedly streaking through the trees. Um, once again, the personal safety thing came up. I ran to my room, I locked the door, and I realized that in my absence, Mary had taken all of my southern comfort and poured it across the futons like Carrie Underwood and before he cheats. The next semester, Mary cut her hair into a bob, started going by Martha, and moved to religious school. Three years later, she came out as a lesbian. And Mary, you adapted this femme. Oh. We're living out the whole time. We're living out the whole time. I'm demure. Mary adopted this boss bitch femme fatale business lady persona that fit her better than all the identities I'd seen her try on. And sometimes I still go to her Instagram. Thank you for not blocking me, Mary. It would be very understandable for you to block me from your Instagram. Just to see how she and her girlfriend and their dog are so happy and they look like themselves. And it mystifies me that she and I were two trapped people, ricocheting the same spells at each other. To the last woman I hooked up with before I came out of the closet. I don't know your name. I was too drunk. That was kind of the thing at the time. I remember you had blonde hair, you were about my height, you wore a black dress, I think. My fraternity brothers kept playing slow songs so that we could grind together, and we did until everyone else had left the room. I took you to my bedroom, which, because I was living in a fraternity house, was a twin bed chained to the wall on a hinge system in a room with four other twin beds also chained to the wall on a hinge system. Imagine you're trying to hook up 
and below deck on a really shitty boat. I got your bra off and you complimented how quickly I'd done it. I remember I loved the way of your breasts in my hands. We were kissing and it was fun and you were wet and you wanted me. And I realized it was that moment when so many other men I knew would ask if they could fuck you, would pull off their boxers, would move to the next step. And I was in front of that threshold and I felt so tired. And I didn't want to cross it anymore. I held your beautiful breasts and we swapped tongues and then eventually you left. I did not rejoin the party. I kind of swaddled myself and curled into the wall, gently nudging the idea that maybe our last kiss was, for me, a very big goodbye. I hated high school I prayed it would end The jocks and their girls It was their world I didn't fit in Mama said, baby It's the best school money can buy Be strong, hold your head up Come on, Mary, try I stole mama's car on a Sunday I left home for good I moved in with some friends In the city, in a bad neighborhood Charles was a dancer He loved the ballet And Kimmy sold pot and red Kerouac And Hemingway Drag queens in limousines Nuns and blue jeans Charlie and I flip burgers to cover the rent And bourbons at happy hour for 35 cents One day before work, we got drunk and we danced in the They fired us both Said don't y'all come back again Yeah, but drag queens and limousines Nuns and blue jeans 
He's never quit nothing He wanted me to graduate My brother and sister Both playing the marching band They tell me they miss me And I know they don't That was Drag Queens in Limousines by Mary Gaucher. And if you're wondering what all the hooting and hollering was about in that story, Jubilee's high kicks had made her bustier slide down and her titties were out for most of the story. We loved it when she finally realized it, but honestly, Jubilee, it really made the story better. Body Storytelling's live show is back in San Francisco. We're kicking off Folsom Street Fair weekend with a two-show Kinktacular, a big curated rock star body storytelling at 7 p.m. with kink legends like Milena Williams-Haas, Ray Spannon, and more, and music by Kat Robichaux of Misfit Cabaret. And it'll be followed by Body Slam at 10 p.m., where you can put your name in a hat to tell your own five-minute kinky story for fun and prizes. If you've ever wanted to be on body stage, this is your chance. There's a link to tickets in the show notes, but they're selling fast, so get yours now. You know how when you listen to National Public Radio, they talk about their sustaining members? Those are the people who keep it going, and that's what Patreon supporters do for us. But recently, there was a glitch in the Patreon system, and it really hurt us. It meant that some creators, like Body, lost up to 20% of their patrons. If you're a Patreon supporter, please check and see if your credit card was declined and get it going again. And if you're not a Patreon supporter, please join right now. Subscribe, become a sustaining member, and help us keep this thing going. Because we're not National Public Radio. We don't have that kind of support. We're just a little bitty podcast that could really use some help right now. You can go to patreon.com slash body and support us at whatever level you can. We're working on getting you live stream tickets for this next show. And we also have donation links for one-time donations like Buy Me a Coffee, Venmo, PayPal, and more. Every little bit helps right now. And thanks in advance. I appreciate you. Before we go, can I ask you to subscribe, rate, and especially review wherever you listen to podcasts. 
The easiest way to review this podcast is probably on Apple Podcasts. And I have to tell you, I'm jonesing because I haven't read one of your reviews in a little while. And they're my favorite thing. Please write your words. I'll get to read your words. I'll be very happy. Other people will get to read your words. And they'll get to find out that this podcast is awesome. They won't know unless you tell them. Thank you in advance for that. And I also want to say thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. Thank you to Donald Mooney, David Grossoff, Mosa Maxwell-Smith, Roiland James, and podcast producer Roman Den Haldiker. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour. This has been episode 274 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks for listening. A big, a big love.